touch it. <laughs> oh, hard pan on the horns. Yeah. And the Mellotron. Oh, damn. I think that was a Mellotron. Really? Yeah. I'm so cool instrument. We can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I love the Mellotron. I love the, like, tiny groove on the drum, the tom. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Already, like, it's really interesting chords. It's kind of, like, similar harmonically to Rich Girl by Hollow Notes, but play, the chords played in the opposite order, which I was, always thought was very funny. Also, I'm glad Al Green's last name is Green on the album cover. Like, green in color. <laughs> it's like neon yeah. green. That's definitely Mellotron. Really? Oh, okay, I'm excited to, to it's talk gotta about it. Mellotrons are weird. It's got to be. The guitar playing on this track is awesome, too. Yeah. Great backup vocals. Really cool panning on the vocals. Yeah. It's like really wide. Yeah. Damn, this track sounds good on the on headphones. Yeah. Oh, that was loud. Fuck me up. From, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. Loving you well. Yeah, that, that little sound is a Mellotron. I hear what you're talking about now. It's got yeah. This crazy bridge section right here. And these chords are so good. Also, there's like such a flat sounding tom in there. I know. There's like a lot of depth on that organ. I like it. Yeah, the organ's sick. Yeah, yeah. Turn around and make up. I just came to see. I wish more people played guitar like this. I know. <laughs> Welcome to Listen to Us, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, why you should listen. To this today we're going to talk about one of the most wholesomely sexy tracks of all time the al green classic let's stay together together <laughs> <laughs> i need the background vocals right, after right, that right. one <laughs> it was released in november of 1971 and became the biggest hit of the year it shot to the top of the charts where it made its home for nine glorious weeks we've only had one other song that's was a nine-week run it was yeah by usher wow <laughs> which <laughs> maybe yeah, these songs yeah, are cosmically yeah. connected wow. A lot of people think Let's Stay Together is one of the best songs of all time, and I I quite like to agree with them. It was written by Al Green alongside Al Jackson, J.R., and Willie Mitchell. Mitchell also produced and recorded the tune back when everybody did everything. Yeah. It was selected by the Library of Congress to be added to the National Recording Registry, deeming it, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Wow. You think Ted Cruz is into this song? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Ted Cruz? So this is what I'd like to know. What kind of music do you listen to? If I came over on a Saturday night, what are we doing? What are you watching on TV? What do you do for fun? You know, music is interesting. I grew up listening to classic rock, and I'll tell you sort of an odd story. My, my music taste changed on 9-11. Mm. And, and it's a very strange I, I actually intellectually find this very curious but a 9 
<laughs> when Green first heard the demo from Willie Mitchell, he wrote the song in under five minutes. Of course. Yeah. But then apparently, you'll love this. He did about a hundred takes before he got one he liked. And even then, he wasn't sure that it was any good. Wow. Yeah. A hundred takes. Damn. Dang. Do you think when people are like, oh, I wrote this song in five minutes, it's like the equivalent of like, I caught a fish this big? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good call. Because like, I, 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 it takes me longer than five minutes to set up my damn equipment. Yeah, it's sometime. like, hold on. The, the song is three and a half minutes. So you just spontaneously combusted this song. It feels like it could have been that, though. Um, Willie Mitchell set him straight, telling him, quote, the song had magic on it. Uh, the story of recording the main vocal take is like one of my favorite things I've learned mm -hmm. in this um, in this iteration of season three research. Uh, apparently, when they cut the track, Mitchell brought in a group of neighborhood winos who used to linger outside the studio. He wanted Green to have people there because, quote, sometimes when you sing about something, if you look at people, you can relate with the song a little more compassionately. You'd be surprised what you can project from that. You feed on what you're looking at. End quote. That is fun. bizarre. Have you like ever been in a session where people have brought in just random ass people to be a part of it? I mean, bringing friends, sure, whatever, but like not just random. People. Oh, we got these winos. Yeah, like, like I was, I'm just trying to think. Like, yeah, like like so a wino is obviously yeah. someone that is like addicted to like wine. Yeah, yeah. They're just like drunk fun. on wine. Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. I didn't know there was a name for that. Now I might apply. It just is like really weird to like sing a song like this. Like, let's you know stay together, or be together, or whatever. To a bunch of like drunk people on the yeah. street, but it has it has like an element of that like late night drunk confessional vibe. Okay, that, so like, that I could get. So into. maybe that has to do with it, or maybe he just was like those people were fun. People drink wine usually like chill music, so they were probably just like loading up. But wouldn't that be funny? If but like, is there a difference between someone that drinks wine at home and listens to music versus someone getting drinking wine outside on the street corner? I, it's just society's help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like to me they're, they're the exact same thing. It's I mean, I just guess different the Romans circumstances. Did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They drank it on the on the fjords. Right. I don't know what are, aqueducts. Aqueducts. Sorry. Sorry. Right, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> oh man. So like, what's the weirdest way you've ever coaxed a good performance out of somebody? I've heard stories about people like singing in Tamirs. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I've heard that one. That seems so creepy, but I, I like it. I know. Yeah. That... It's like people who like to have sex in front of mirrors. It's like it's kind of fun. I get it, but it's also like a little too like i love myself <laughs> like, i want to i want to the thing that inspires me the most to sing a great take is myself right. <laughs> <laughs> but i've heard of that too yeah the mere thing i don't know you just, i guess that's just a weird quirky ego yeah, yeah. thing man you know yeah, yeah. i lie about when i play guitar in front of a mirror i'm always like i can look at my technique right yeah, right yeah. right and then i'd be like your technique sucks dude <laughs> um this song let's say together is pretty well known for its use in pulp fiction it's also been in the movie Hellboy, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Ooh, classic, good one, dude. Classic nice, good one. Yeah. And it was performed famously by Barack Obama at the Apollo Theater You're during right. a campaign fundraiser in 2012. Right. So in love. He did a good job. They should put him covering Al Green songs on You're Spotify right. instead of boring interviews with Bruce Springsteen. That, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Obama like doing some like cover songs would be, that would be so be pretty funny. cool, you know. I think every United States president should be required to release a mixtape after their their time in office. 
That would be amazing. That'd be great. Like Obama doing Al Green, Trump with the like vanilla ice, probably, or, <laughs> <laughs> or like doing a Jason Aldean song. Oh my god! So let's talk about the Mellotron. It's a an instrument that's featured a little bit on there. It's like it, to me, like the sound of it is the thing that's kind of like in between an electric piano and strings. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and it's like I'm I'm like 95% sure that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Well, even if it's not, let's just talk about what a Mellotron yeah. is because it's fucking sick. Like, yeah, it was like a keyboard that f- was like the first like real good sounding sampling keyboard. Yeah. And so like what that meant is, you know, in today's world, like, you know, when you load up computer, you know, music production software, you can play a little keyboard on your computer desk and it, you can do strings, you can do guitars, yeah. you can do basses, synthesizers, everything. Because what people have done is is they've gone and recorded samples of people playing a violin at this note and a violin at this note and this note, and they've assigned them to the keyboard. And that's essentially kind of like what the Mellotron was. It was like the first iteration of, not even the first iteration, but it was like the really good sounding iteration of um, sampled sounds being played through a keyboard. Um, there's really cool vocal patches on it, which is cool. Am I right that it was like created by George Martin? For the Beatles? It may have been. Yeah, I, yeah. I just pulled up an article right here. So it was developed in England, 1963. Mm-hmm. It evolved from the similar Chamberlain, but could be mass produced more efficiently. So oh, there's, cool, you know, cool. consumerism for yeah. you. <laughs> the instrument is played by pressing its keys, each of which pushes a length of magnetic tape against a capstan, which pulls it across a playback head. Then as the key is released, the tape is retracted by a spring to its initial position. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. So these samples are actually little pieces of tape yeah. in the thing that get dragged across the playhead and perform. That's fucking epic. That is insane. That is insane. <laughs> I've got to ask you a couple of things about the mix of this song. Mm-hmm. Like when I listen to the song, what I notice is that a lot of the instruments are playing busy-ish rhythms. Not right. overly so, but like they're not just like laying back. And like the, the vocals and the backup vocals, while it's a really nice harmonic spread, is not they're not like jumping octaves a lot. Right. So it's just it feels like a lot of shit should be competing. And yet the track itself feels very chill and You're propels right. in like a right direction. I was wondering if that was like a mix thing. You yeah, think, or... I don't know. I think that I think that's a playing thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed the same thing too. I was like, there's like a lot going on, but at never at any point am I like overstimulated by production. Yeah. I'm, at no point am I like, oh, the guitar is eating up like, right. the tom drum, right? Which is weird because like it's it's cool that everything has like equal weight. Obviously, Al Green's got a little bit more of that fucking vocal performance. Yeah, the I, mean, this, I mean, this is a great stereo recording. Yeah, man. oh, nice, it's, nice. It's great. <laughs> this week's episode of Listen to This is brought to you by Blissful Bird Food. Birds love it, sure, but with the economy being what it is, coupled with everything you failed to accomplish in this past year, do you really think you deserve better? That's blissful bird food, not just for the birds anymore. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. We're on Instagram, Patreon. We've got a playlist on Spotify with all the songs and episodes from season one, season two, and season three. Rate and review us on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing, what songs you want us to do episodes about. Thanks so much for listening to this.